You have to ask me nicely. Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? Ha! Okay, let's see what he looks like. They are who we thought they were, and we let him off the hook. I'm fucking Sonny Rothmiller. I know every goddamn thing. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. There's only one boss in this place, and that's me. The HNIC. Are there any questions? Greetings and salutations. You know who it is. It's me, the King David B., and welcome to the David Brewer Show. And you know what it is. It's the final week of the year 2020. I mean, we've made it to the final week. We're going to get there. We're going to get over that hump. I'm going to help you get over it. Listen to my show. I mean, look, I realize when I started my Facebook advertising, um, I explained my show and it was new and people listened to it. And then I did a second show called the, like the sophomore show. And when I was talking about, I was talking about something and when I talk sometimes, I kind of stop and do certain things, and um, I guess it didn't engage people fully. I'm not sure, because my third show, people was like, okay, forget that. <laughs> I don't want to hear no more. My second show was really, really long, too. It was like an hour and almost like an hour and 50 minutes, like an hour and 42 minutes. So I'm, I am learning this, okay? So don't, look, don't hate the player. You understand? Don't hate the player. And don't hate me because I'm beautiful either. <laughs> but it's real, you know what I'm saying? I'm learning this. And I'm learning as I go along. I'm, I'm, I'm um, uh, uh, learning to uh, cut this, cut that, do this, do that. So, I mean, roll with me. Look, when I grow and blow up, you know, you grow and blow up. You understand what I'm saying? So, I try to keep things close to me and close to the heart and I try to speak on things that are that I feel I'm passionate about and one thing I was just talking about was the reunion show of the Housewives of Potomac and I was just you know commenting on the fact that um, I don't really get into these people's lives like a lot of these other fans do like, I'm a fan of the show. I'm a fan of the Housewives of Potomac. I'm a fan of the Housewives of Atlanta. Um, typically because there's, they're, they're black people. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of the, I'm a fan of that. And I'm not like some other people who are like, I can't, I can't watch that show. It's too ratchet. It's too this. It's too that. They portray black females or black women in a, in a negative light or black people are portrayed in a negative light. And, you know, what? I don't really see it as that, you know, real life is portrayed. You know, you, you, you have the portrayal, the portrayal of negativity in real life. So I don't think the um, I don't think these shows are putting something out there that doesn't already exist. For what it's worth. The issue that I always have with black people doing certain things um, in the public eye is we think we have to be, a, a, because we've been taught that way, we think as black people we got to be above normal. We, we have to be above board. We have to be above reproach. 
so that it, nothing come back on us. And I've said this to my wife before. It's like, why do black people always say something like, that person doing that, that black person doing that over there is going to make all black people look bad. You're, you're, you're making all black people look bad. By you. And I said, who else, what other cultures or race says this? That you're going to make the whole race look bad. You're going to make everybody that's black. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. Don't think I don't get it. I, I don't, don't make that. It, he didn't dig it face. I get I dig it. I understand. We have a stigma on us that is already negative. I understand that. I get it. However, if we allow that stigma that is on us to uh, remain on us by adjusting our behavior, then it's forever going to be there because we'll be then just adjusting our behavior based on how people view us and not just be who we are. Everybody else can be who they are. We have to adjust our behavior based on how people perceive us. And I don't care for that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to adjust my behavior. I don't want to have to step on eggshells around certain people, but, but they don't, but nobody else has to do it. Nobody else has to step on eggshells but us. Nobody else has to be careful about how they act but us. Nobody has to do anything. We are the only people in this country, and maybe in the world, I don't know, but the only people definitely in this country that feel we have to step on eggshells and be concerned about whether or not we're viewed in a certain light. And don't talk too loud, or else we're going to be looked at like this. Don't, don't talk this way, or else we're going to be looked like this. Don't do this, or else we're going to be... Man, man that's play. That is played. I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> I don't feel like doing that at all. There was a time where we were taking my mom to a restaurant for Mother's Day. And in that, in that restaurant, at that restaurant where we were, um, at the restaurant, um, we were standing it was probably about nine of us, maybe more, maybe fifteen, because it was uh, it was all of our ki- all of the kids, my mom and dad, and a few of my mom's, you know, a few of the grandkids. So a few of my nieces and nephews. So um, we're standing there at the front, and we're waiting for a table, and we see a group of people go in, and they go get a, they go get a table. White people. And then we see another group of, okay, the first group that had about six people in it, okay? And then we see another group of maybe, hmm, uh, six or seven. And then there was a third group, okay? There was a third group that walked in. It was maybe, maybe five or six more people. And look, by the time the third group of people were able to get a table, now add that up, add six plus, you know, seven plus five. Tell me what you get. Come up with. Okay, that's eighteen people. Okay, I'm 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 I'm, I'm giving a rough guess because I don't remember the exact amount, but it was around that many in three different groups. Now, if they sat down three different groups of people that added up somewhere between sixteen and eighteen, and we had that many people with us, couldn't they have gave us a? a so wait, okay. So what did I do? 
what did I do um, when I seen that last group go ahead? I, I stopped. When that last group went uh, was able to go get a table. I was like, wait, okay, wait. I said, wait. Now this is the, this is the, this is the third group of people that walked in and was able to go get a table. And we sitting here at the front, and they acting like we, they ain't got no room for us. They ain't like we ain't, they ain't got no, they ain't no, you know, no openings. And we got to wait for what? For them to get done eating? When we were standing here before they were, and I'm still, I started talking loud as possible and about everything that they just did. So what did my mom do? My mom said, because my mom was, you know, in the baby boom generation, you know. What did my mom do? She did what, what a lot of other black women um, educated, well-rounded black women would do. Oh, David, you're talking too loud. <laughs> right? You're talking too loud. Oh, you don't have to do that. And, you know. and I said, no, mom. Um, these people are treating us like this because they think they can and they think nobody's going to say nothing. But I don't care. I'm going to say something because they ain't going to treat me like that today. So, how did I feel? Like I said, I, I, at that point, I, I'm done. I give you the opportunity to treat me like you would everybody else. If you don't then treat me how I think I should be treated and how you treat everybody else, then I'm going to act like the person that you don't want me to be. Okay, the person that you're scared of or the person that you shy away from or the person that you think all black folks or all niggas are, that's who I'm going to act like. I'm going to be that nigga when you bring that nigga out. Why? Because I got it in me and you are the people that cultivated in me because of how you have treated us. That means me, my ancestors and my family, present family, how you've treated us throughout the ages in this country. <laughs> OK, so I'm going to be that nigga if I got to be. But wait, I don't have to be. No, I'm going to be calm and cool and collected. As long as I as long as I don't have to be the same way a white man or a white woman would be upset and bothered if they were getting bad treatment. Why should I have to be, uh, be treated a certain way, but not allowed to give my natural response? I'm not being criminal. I'm not doing anything that's illegal. I'm not um, in. Uh, um, and uh, threatening anyone. So if I'm just expressing my um, displeasure and my anger to the, to, to, to the fact that you are treating me or my people a certain way, then there shouldn't be a problem because I'm not doing anything that's against the law. <laughs> you understand? So that's another, that's one, that's one thing, as I said, that, that I have to, that's, that's, you gotta understand, that's how I feel about that. I don't think black people gotta, we don't have to do that. Okay? And the reason why, like I said, the reason why I got into that is for you to understand that, you know, when we watch these, these housewives shows that are supposed to be reality television, okay? And we see ourselves, or we look at them and say, oh, that's a poor, 
you know, look on how black people are. We have to stop thinking about things like that because those are people. We, we have to stop looking at things, black folks, we gotta stop looking at things like, yeah, um, they make black people look bad or whatever it is that, that, that you your thoughts are because nobody else is saying that garbage about their, about their race or about their culture. If they look bad, it's on them. That's who they are, okay, whatever. If you feel that way, then don't watch it. But don't then try to express that, you know, that out in, a, in public that these people make the whole race look bad because then you have white people, you know, and other people who want to oppress black people um, say the same thing. Oh, yeah, the whole race is bad because of these two people or these four people, or yeah, oh, this is how all black people are, you see, because they say it themselves. Don't feed into that bull crap. Because it really is bull crap. Everybody's different. I know white folks who act like the housewives from Atlanta. I know white folks who act like the housewives from Potomac. I know white folks who act as, you know, they might not um, have the same type of slang that we use, but they act as just as ratchet as anybody else. So we gotta, we don't play ourselves like that. Black people, be positive about whatever. It just, and even if it's negative, you ain't gotta put that negativity on you just because somebody else is doing it. You feel me? This is the David Ruhr Show. And we're back. You know, I took that from, I don't even remember where it's from. I remember hearing it on the radio when I was younger. But uh, you know who it is. This is me, the King David B. And we're back on the David Brewer Show. And let me continue talking about the, the housewives. But this, I have to just you know comment on it because it just went off. Or I should say I just seen it. I just watched it. Uh, DVR. Um, and, of course, continuing from the last week when they were talking about the fight... Um, I'm not going to get into a, in depth. I, I just, I had something to say about how they were talking to, how Andy was talking to Monique about her, like her reaction to his questioning. Again, I believe his line of questioning was, um, bullcrap because he didn't ask Candace about this. You know, he, he didn't ask Candace about her part in that fight. If you watch the show, if you watch the fight, um, you'll see that Candace was as much of an aggressor as Monique was. And that's what a court of law seen, and that's why they did what they did. So when he kind of came at Monique with the whole, you're not emotional enough, I just couldn't believe it with the whole... You seem dry, and you seem, uh, what's the word he used? He used, he, he used some cockamamie word, really, to make, to try to make her feel as if she did something that was just completely, you know, off the wall. I forget the word, but it doesn't make a difference. He basically was saying that you should be more emotional about a fight that took place between you and this other chick uh, because she's crying and she feels hurt and she feels this and she feels that and her her um, 
she has anxiety and she has to walk off the show. And, it's, and, and, and to me, it's just it's sitting here like, wait a minute, how are you going to tell somebody how to feel? How are you going to tell me how to feel? How are you going to? I went through this, too. Um, you y'all, you know, whoever wants to view it, you want to view it a certain way. That's fine. View it that way. But the truth of the matter is. The truth of the matter is it should be viewed the way Monique viewed it. She wasn't wrong. She was not wrong at all about how she viewed that fight. She was actually the only one on that stage who pretty much said it the right way. And I think Karen kind of backed her up a little bit other than the fact that Karen was was trying to, you know, I think be the, uh, I think Karen was trying to be, what do you want to call it? She was trying to um, be the more of the diplomat and say, hey, hey, you know, you were, you were wrong, too. You didn't have to, you know, react that way. But she was, but Karen was being honest, you know, at least saying that, hey, two things took place. So I liked how Karen said it. She actually tried to say it, but she said, oh, I see you, I seen you pull her, you know, pop her collar or whatever, or pop her, you know, jacket. So she actually did describe it. It was, like I said, but she didn't just pop the collar. She actually grabbed that chick. Either way it goes. I wasn't cool with Andy, a white dude, talking to a black chick about whether or not she should feel a certain way in the midst of all of this taking place. And I, and, and, and I have to guess on other black females um, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something about other black females um, as it pertains to this, because had this have been a, I, I really feel this way. And you can say if I'm wrong, had this, had that have been, had Andy Cohen been a black heterosexual man, which I think is funny because it's like gay dudes can get away with saying some stuff because they're gay. But had he been a black heterosexual man, they would have all kinds of problems with how he was, you know, kind of accusing Monique or coming at her saying, oh, you should be more emotional. You just seem kind of dry and distant or whatever you see. Had that have been a heterosexual black man, they'd be like, see, you're you're per, um, perpetuating the, <laughs> the the typical uh, toxicity of uh, of male, you know, of the male toxicity. Oh, yeah, there's a. Whatever it's called, what is it? What's it called? Male toxic, toxic, toxic masculinity. That's toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's that toxic masculinity. Look, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I like I said, this white man gonna tell a black woman how she should feel after getting into a fight with a chick. How are you gonna tell me how I, I how I should feel? He said, why you got to put race on it? My mom used to always say that. Like, like David, why you got to always add race to it? Because like, that's what it's about half the time. 99, I ain't going to say 99. Let me take that back. Okay. 90% of the time, <laughs> it's about race. You can say what you want to. But 90% of the time, that's, what, that is, that's exactly what it's about. In this, well, I, mean, I don't know if it's in the world, but I would definitely say in this country, that's what it's about. Most of the time, it's about race. And we could, you know, it'd be nice to get away from that fact, but it's the truth. It'd be nice not to not have to deal with that, but we have to deal with it because why? Not because we want to, 
But because that's that's where we at. That's what it's put in our face, like that. It's put in our face to, and we have no other choice but to deal with the fact that um, people are going to treat us and try to come at us in a different way than they come at everybody else. Everybody else gets the benefit of the doubt, but because to, but because we're black people. We're African descendants because of that. We're not treated like everybody else. We don't get that same benefit. You know, and that's what's jacked up about it. And, you know, I could go into something else about that, but maybe I'm going to just leave that alone and keep it to the topic, which is about the fact that he shouldn't come at um, that, that black woman about how she should react. Forgive me. <laughs> he shouldn't be talking about that to that black woman about how she should react. How she should be reacting um, given that she was in a fight with this other chick. How much you didn't apologize. You know, those are insensitive comments. Like, look, you don't know what I went through. And I know that, I mean, she pretty much said that kind of stuff. Like, you don't know what she's been through. You don't know what she's going through. You don't know how she feels. And she ain't got to feel or look a certain way just because you say so. Just real talk. And I'm going to leave it at that. Nigga. <laughs> For real. Let's just leave it, leave it where it is. She ain't got to look, act, or do nothing because you think she should look, act, and do something. Period. And we're back. You know who it is. It's me, the King David B. And this is the David Brewer Show. And look, this is the final segment of the day. Look, I'm learning. I'm learning. See, I'm growing. We did a lot of talk about race. And I, and I guess that's what I'm trying to stick to what I'm what I what I know well and what what I'm passionate about. There's a number I have a number of passions, and that's the I guess that's would be the problem. But also what's relevant um to today as well so um we have a lot of talk today about having the conversation you know as it pertains to race um in this country as it pertains to racial the racial divide you know the 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 privilege or not or 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 lack thereof um there's a lot of talk about at least we're having the conversation, you know, and we're changing things because we're having the conversation or things are changing because we're having the conversation. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I'm not necessarily, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that that's the truth. I actually think that that's kind of BS. Um, the fact that the conversations um, about race are... Uh, or these supposed conversations uh, are, are are supposed to be changing something, and I, I haven't seen anything that is changing uh, to the extent that uh, the response to those conversations have have basically just shown people whose side, uh, in a sense, shown you what side people are on. Um, you know. 
nothing, I would say for the better, I wouldn't say anything's happened for the better necessarily. And that has to do a little bit with what I've talked about before on this show is um, as it pertains to black people in this country, we hold, there's no, there's no political power. Every other group started out as immigrants. Every other group had um, a gangster, a gang, you know, a, a level of, of gangsterism in their immigrant uh, group. Um, whether you were Irish, whether you are, um, I would even say, you know, you know, English. Irish, English, uh, um, Italian. Um, no, it doesn't make it whatever, whatever you were. I'm trying to stick to the to, to the white people because essentially that's um, you know who has the political power in this country. It's the you know it's the um, white Europeans that have the political power. But they grasp a hold of that political power by first being what um, they they got money and things of that nature doing illegal acts, and they then parlayed that money into a, into political prowess, and that allowed them to make laws for themselves. <laughs> And essentially take a country over to benefit them, for lack of a better word, or for lack of better words. Um, and that's what it is. It's, it's, it's these conversations that we're having about race, how much can they change? Because, you know, due to the fact that, you know, th there's no real actual political power that black people have. We have to hope that the our oppressors feel sorry for us. That's essentially that's what you're saying. Um, but there's an old saying, and I'm saying all these. You know, at least we're having the conversation. At least we're having the conversation. There's an old saying about talk. You want to know what it's called? You want to know the old saying? Talk is cheap. I remember that saying. I, I don't remember. I don't hear anybody saying that anymore. Because they're trying to push this narrative that at least we're having the conversation, which is to say that, yeah, yeah, we'll humor them by letting them talk, but nothing's really going to change. Um, talk is cheap. There's another saying that kind of goes with that. You know, essentially that you have to say, I would say that it goes with that completely. It goes with that. It's the next, it's the next segment to that, um, to that saying. Talk is cheap. And then what? Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> now, this is what I remember growing up. This is what I heard growing up. Talk is cheap, and actions speak louder than words. Are we not there anymore? Do we not believe that anymore? Is that no longer true? Is talk not now not cheap? Is talk now really expensive? Is talk now really what it takes to do something? No, it still takes action. Actions still speak louder than words. For what it's worth, Martin Luther King didn't just give speeches. He marched. He protested. They had sit-ins. Um, they were nonviolent, but they were completely against what the laws of the land were at that time. They went against the law. 
for what it's worth. They were being told by law. Understand the civil rights movement, the marches and stuff that they, they did. They were doing something that was illegal in, in that area, in those areas. They were doing illegal acts. They were, they were acting in defiance of the law because they didn't agree with the law. So they couldn't, you know, have a, what, what do they call them now? Peaceful protests. There's no such thing as that. If you're actually trying to change something, you're trying to change how you're, how being, how you're being treated. You can't have anything that's necessarily peaceful in that sense, because any act of defiance is considered non-peaceful. So, to, so I would like people to stop using Martin Luther King as some ideal of, 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 of peaceful protesting. There was nothing peaceful about Martin, Martin Luther King's and, and the SNCC and, and the black civil rights um, uh, uh, um, nonviolent protests. There was nothing peaceful about it. They were nonviolent, but they weren't necessarily peaceful because it caused Riots. It caused ruckus. It caused problems. It shook the, the grounds of these people. It defied their orders. It, it made them uncomfortable. So there was nothing peaceful about their nonviolent protests. They just didn't act in, in, in rage and they didn't get physical. And there was a reason behind that. They had reasoning behind that. It came with some reasoning. But just having a discussion isn't going to change anything. Why? Because talk is cheap. And why would we have to talk about the civil rights of non-immigrants? Of this Wait, huh? You say non-immigrants. Yes. People who were born in this country are what? Not immigrants. They are... <laughs> citizens of the country, right? That they were born in. Black people born into this country. Um, Non-convicted persons. They're not criminals. They're, uh, we're, not, we're not criminals. And we are citizens of this country. Okay? But we're, we're you're talking about having a conversation as if we're negotiating and having discussions about whether or not we should be treated with the same respect as everyone else. How the heck is that a, a discussion or a conversation to have when talk is cheap? And actions speak louder than words. Huh? Go ahead, I'm listening. And this is supposed to be a look, you would think that it would be done for the better for the betterment of the country. You would think that having a cohesive unit, you know, a lot of these people play sports, you know, or play athletic, you know, play play, you know, team athletics, team sports. And you would think that you understand the the purpose behind um not necessarily unity. It doesn't have to be unity, okay? But it does have to be cohesive. And you don't have to be completely um, allied with everything to have a cohesive unit. You can have a cohesive unit and win 
and be dominant without being completely, um, without being completely uh, united in that sense that we all feel the same way. It's impossible for all of us to feel the same way. But it would make the country better if we were actually more of a cohesive unit and treated all of our citizens with the same respect. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do that. And, you know, even given that there's hatred, there's no reason why we shouldn't do that. But the richest countries in the world have the most hatred. That's what you have to understand. The richest countries in in the world have the most issues as it pertains to their people against their other people. That's what it is. The richest nations in the world have these issues because they're the richest nations in the world. And, 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 and essentially, you say, con- essentially controversy drives money. That's what it is. And my show would be making a bunch of money if I had some level of controversy. You see? That's just what it is. It, it, I got to tell it like it is. And these conversations that people are having are, are purposeless because talk is cheap. And controversy sells. And actions speak louder than words. <laughs> There's a reason why Donald Trump is able to raise $300 million after an election is over. The reason why he's able to raise that much money given the fact that that there's nothing but controversy surrounding him. Controversy. He knows that. Controversy sells. Talk is cheap. And actions speak louder than words. And that's what we have to understand to change things in this country. Because we have to stop acting like we are negotiating or having discussions about the livelihood of citizens who were born to this country. There's no reason to have that discussion. We should be afforded the same rights and, 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 and resources as everyone else. And the same, you know, um, we should have the same uh, benefit, the, the, the same benefit of the doubt that everybody else has as well as black people. We should have the same benefit of the doubt that everybody else gets. And that would make this country stronger in so many ways. I said my piece. Thank you for joining me on this show. I appreciate you, and I'm definitely gonna you're gonna hear from me some more um, in the upcoming days as we are going into the year 2021. We are exiting 2020. I know a lot of people are so anxious to get out of this year <laughs> and get into the new year and and walk into their <laughs> destiny or you know just walk into whatever you know something better i guess than being essentially cooped up but 
understand the, what's on the horizon. You know, um, the, the seasons are the season for, for, for a reason. And if you try to um, blossom, you try to break out of a season before the, before the end of that season comes and before, the, um, before it's time for you to come out, you're going to damage yourself and, 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 and possibly other people around you. So just be patient and, 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 be, and be, um, be respectful. I would say be responsible, but be respectful and be patient. I'm saying be respectful with, with people and, 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 and yourself, but be patient um, because what you can get out of this season, um, what you can get out of this season, you might need it. You might need that, that, that time that you're in, that you're closed in to get it. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to do a motivational speaking before I, I go. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, I am trying to encourage you a little bit about, uh, being patient, even at the beginning of 2021, because it still might not just unroll while you, the way you may think. Just be patient. It's going to work out if it's supposed to work out. And if it's not supposed to work out, let it not work out so that whatever is supposed to work out will work out. You feel me? I said it, and I mean it. This is me, the king, David B., and my word is law. This is the Dare Brewer Show. I'm out. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree going to begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, they get the taste out your mouth. I love